This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Two U.S. air bases in Iraq struck yesterday by Iranian ballistic missiles. It appears that there are no U.S. injuries. President Trump speaking to the country in response to the attack. Joseph Westfall is former ambassador to Saudi Arabia in the Obama administration. He is also a former undersecretary of the Army and is currently the Chang Sung Term Professor of the Lauder Institute here at the Wharton School. And he joins us on the phone. Joe, great to catch up with you. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Dan. Good to be with you, too. Thank you. Give us your insight on what we saw occur yesterday or overnight with these missiles. Well, I I think, you know, we've seen a lot of analysis um, by the media and and other experts on this, um, posturing the idea that, you know, the Iranians wanted to send a message and they sent their message. They may may not add to it. I don't know what the president has just uh, stated since, you know, we're, we're, I couldn't see the, 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 the event. But, um, you know, to me, a lot of this is also about the politics at home, both here and there. The president, our president, speaking to the American people, trying to, uh, you know, be strong and, and, and make sure that he's aggressively defending U.S. interests. Uh, at the same time, he's got to be concerned about what's going on with his campaign promise to pull out of the Middle East. And then on the on the Iranian side, you've got them. They have to have some response to this, um, to the killing of uh, Soleimani. So they they chose to, to do this particular response. I think this is a perfect time for both governments to find a way to come together and and find a solution to this and and, and not aggravate this. And what is interesting, I guess, is also the commentary by both sides on Twitter afterwards. It was very measured, both by President Trump and by uh, the prime minister of Iran as well. Right, right. So I think I think the idea is that neither country really sees benefit in going to, to, to further conflict in this. People talk of war. I don't think we would ever go to war with them, but I think there could be an escalation of the conflicts, uh, and I don't think either country wants to do that. Um, they they have to find a mediator, um, a third party, to come together to find some solutions to the issues that we face, not just with respect to us and Iran, but Iran and the rest of the region. All right. And, and then I, I, we were listening to President Trump as he was starting to speak. So a couple of the comments that he made, and I'll have you react to them. One kind of plays off of that. And, and I think a lot of people have wondered who would be that mediator, who might be that third entity to kind of broker a, uh, a deal of some kind. The president did say in his comments moments ago, the time has come for UK, Germany and France, Russia and China to walk away from the Iran deal. So give us your thoughts on on that type of a statement, because those are the U.K., Germany and France are probably the ones that we would think might be the entities to be able to help in this process. Right. You know, currently you have Pakistan who speaks for Iran with us and we use uh, Switzerland. I believe it's Switzerland that we use uh, uh, because they have diplomatic relations with Iran. So when we want to talk to Iran, we go through Switzerland. When they want to talk to us, they go through Pakistan. Um, so there is a way to have a dialogue with them, whether it's through those intermediaries or others. I think what the president may be getting at is something that he proposed initially when he said he wanted to get out of the the um, the treaty that uh, President Obama um, uh, got done. 
and that is that he, he wanted to restructure the treaty. He felt that the 15 years was not enough. He felt that uh, they got a big buy on, on that, and so he wanted to make it stronger and stronger. And I think maybe this is his opportunity to say, okay, if you, if you countries can come back together, we can, we can start working on a new treaty that is stronger, makes more sense for us in the long term, and maybe we can address these other issues as well in that treaty. The president also said in his opening remarks, as long as I am president of the United States, Iran will not be allowed to have a nuclear weapon. And obviously this is uh, the big question with Iran and their program uh, of how far they have taken it. Obviously, the Iran deal was designed to, to limit what they could do around nuclear energy, nuclear weaponry. Uh, where, are we, where are we right now, do you think, with Iran uh, on that front? Well, they, you know, they said that they now will not uh, follow through with the treaty with the rest of the countries um, that have just no signatories of it. So the Iranians have decided to pull out of it uh, in the wake of this attack. Um, they uh, may or may not have the resources to to move forward in, a, in an aggressive way to build a nuclear weapon, uh, but they can certainly get help from countries that are not necessarily friendly to us. So I think um, I think the president's promise to say they're not going to have a nuclear weapon is not easy to, to follow through on. I mean, un- unless he is willing to do a full-fledged attack on their facilities, which uh, is a a fairly um, you know fairly uh, difficult thing to do. Now we assume it probably in normal wartime instances. These missiles could have very well struck buildings where personnel were located. The, the assumption is that Iran may very well have sent the missiles where they did not to try and hit those locations and not to hurt any personnel in this. Yeah, I think so. I absolutely think so. Uh, think about this. I mean, just recently they bombed um, Aramco targets. They did it with drones and they did it with rockets. And they were right on target. I mean, they got right to the facility and right to the specific areas of, of the Aramco facilities they wanted to hit. So if they can do that, they could certainly have done that um, or, or done more damage to um, al-Assad and, and uh, Erbil if they wanted to. I also wanted to ask you, because the other unique dynamic about what occurred over the last 24 hours is the fact that we also had a Boeing plane go down in Iran as well. And there's still a lot to be figured out about what happened with that and whether or not it was truly an engine failure. failure. But it seems at least right now that the Ukrainian government is not ruling out the possibility that this was hit by a missile of some kind. Right. I mean, you never know. I mean, there's there's certainly in, in, in Iran as well as in other parts of the region and in the world, uh, there are people who are willing to um, to to do a terrorist act. So it could have been somebody who, for some reason, decided they needed to do a terrorist act against an American company, in this case, Boeing. But there were no Americans in the plane that I, as, as far as I know, there were Canadians and uh, and a lot of Iranians. So. I'm not sure about that. I, I think okay. we just have to wait to see what happens with the investigation. What then do you think are are the next steps in, in this process? Well, I think the president has to assess, uh, you know, what he does uh, to make sure that that our 
other military facilities in the region are, you know, protected and and uh, and secure. We have them in Kuwait. We have them in Qatar. We have them in Bahrain. We certainly have a lot of uh, forces in Saudi Arabia. Um, so that's one thing we need to do, and we need to make sure that those sorts of forces that are in Iraq are also secure and protected, and then make some decisions about where he needs to draw down or where he needs to, um, you know, increase our presence uh, in order to make sure that, that there aren't any attacks. If you can, and I mentioned your time as, as Undersecretary of the Army, uh, take us, if you can, into what that, that process is like, not necessarily with this instance, but what you've experienced in the past, of what those conversations are, are like between the members of the military, but also with the President of the United States, who, in the end, he has to be, that person has to make the, the, the final decision. Right. The president makes the decision to deploy forces, whatever number and wherever uh, that decision is made. And in the Pentagon, the job of the secretary of the army is to provide the president with trained and ready forces at any time when he needs them. And as we've seen in this case, a number of of soldiers, particularly from the um, 82nd Airborne, have uh, deployed and... uh, and it's sort of at the last minute. So the idea there is that we've got ready, trained, prepared forces to to send uh, for whatever mission we need them. And uh, and the job is to make sure that you know the families are taken care of, the the, the resources are there to 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 provide security for the for the forces that are being deployed, and that the commanders are are aware of what the president's uh, priorities are, what the what the direction of the uh, uh, the leadership is. Ambassador, thank you very much for your time. Greatly appreciate your insight as always, and we look forward to talking to you again down the road. Thank you, Dan. Anytime. Thank you. Ambassador Joseph Westfall, uh, formerly ambassador to Saudi Arabia during the Obama administration, also former undersecretary of the Army, and currently Chang Sun term professor of the Lauder Institute here at the Wharton School. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.